Hello and welcome to a brand new Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, 24-7 Buccaneers talk every Wednesday. I'm your co-host, Anthony Tampa Tones. You may know me on Twitter as Tricky Tones, BGTE. I write Tampa Bay Buccaneers for Skew. I do a couple other things as well. We will be joined by our two co-hosts shortly, Sam and Big Bukowski. They are two great Tampa Bay Buccaneers Twitter community members, and we will get into them real quick. I just want to give a quick background rundown of what our show will entail and why you will want to listen and catch our shows. Here we are called the Three Bucketeers, where we give honest takes, we give truthful takes, we give hot takes about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Love us or hate us, love our opinions or hate them. You want to listen because we do have some very intriguing information. We might have some possible player interviews down the line, so we'll see how that goes. And we may even go live down the road, and we have plenty of options open. We all love our Buccaneers. We're all big Buccaneers fandom. A little bit about my fandom. I became a Buccaneers fan well before the Super Bowl season. I was actually Warren Sapp when I was three years old for Halloween. And ever since then, it kind of just took off like that. My dad has NFL Sunday tickets. So when I was a young buck, um, no pun intended there. But when I was a young buck, I would watch Buccaneers games because my favorite color was red. So between Warren Sapp and my favorite color, it led me to a lifelong fandom of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and I would want to have it no other way my I'm from Chicago so my main sports teams are Chicago and people ask me all the time why the Tampa Bay Buccaneers well because I love I love red I love bleed and pewter you know it's part of the game I love rooting we're the losingest franchise ever but that doesn't Yep, that doesn't make me stop from rooting for them. And that's just a little bit about me. As I said earlier, we have two other great individuals to get to. It's the three Bucketeers, not one, not two, but three of us. They are great guys. We got Sam, we got Big Buck. Big Buck, we'll start with you. How you doing, brother? I'm doing all right, man. I'm doing good. Um, So just to kind of give you a little background on myself, uh, I was not a fan up until the Super Bowl, but to be fair, I was also 10 years old, um, and I was actually in Orlando when we uh, won the Super Bowl. Big, big, giant party and everything. Probably one of the, my uh, best memories in my childhood. Um, and pretty much the same, same thing with you, Tones. Um, I live in Arizona, and everyone always asks me, why Tampa Bay? And I'm just like, you know, I give them the same story that I just said. And, um, yeah, you, uh, my, also my Twitter is also really, really young. Like it's not even a year old. I just started this. So <laughs> rookie in Twitter. Yeah. 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 I'm a welcome to the league moment right now. So let's just, let's, let's just get into this. Sam, how you doing? Feeling good, man. So I'm Sam. I'm from the Orlando area, so it seems like I'm the only Floridian among us. Um, I started watching football in 2014. You know, I became a Bucks fan because my family's all Bucks fans, closest team in the area. And yeah. All right. Well, there you have it. We have three different backgrounds. That's cool. We got a Floridian. We got an Arizona guy. We got a Chicago guy. We got all types of different Buccaneer fandom backgrounds and reasonings of why we're Bucks fans. And that's the coolest thing about Buccaneers fans, in my opinion, is it's not all just in, you know, the city of Tampa. I feel like most of Buccaneers fans actually reside outside of Tampa. And other football cities can't say the same. I don't know if you guys feel the same about that or what. Um, for the annoying time that the Cardinals went to the Super Bowl, it was all Cardinal stuff. And what was funny is also Arizona has a massive Pittsburgh Steeler base as well. Mm-hmm. So everywhere was just Warner jerseys and, um, and uh, Jerome Bettis jerseys everywhere. Wow. So I actually went to a, uh, a Pittsburgh Steelers Super Bowl party, which kind of turned out in, in their favor. That was a blast. Um, but pretty much ever since then, I have not seen any jerseys at all. It's a very massive bandwagoner state. Mm-hmm. You see Cowboys fans pretty much everywhere you go, too. My yeah. stepdad is a Cowboys fan, yeah. Seems like everybody knows at least one Cowboys fan. 
I feel like Cowboys, <laughs> Patriots, and Green Bay Packers, for whatever reason, are, you know, three teams that there seem to be um, more than normal fans for around the globe. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, it is, it's tough being a Bucks fan, and uh, many of you will feel our Bucks pains, you know, but we love them. And we've had some hot topics in Tampa Bay news, especially Friday. We've had three players in the news for all different reasons, whether it's Devin White's 2,000-person extravaganza he's supposed to be having, or whether it's Donovan Smith. We'll talk about him in a little bit. But the most important on-field one, perhaps, we're not talking about off the field, we're talking about on the field, is Shaquille Barrett. Shaq Barrett came to Tampa Bay last year on a bargain bin contract. Bruce Arians, Jason Light, shout out to you for bringing him in. But since he's been in the building, since he was a sack king last year with 19 and a half sacks, Things are kind of getting choppy. Things are getting a little bit rough. Shaq really wants to be here. The Bucks didn't get a long-term deal done this offseason, but they could always still negotiate throughout this pandemic and hopefully come to terms with a long-term contract. It does take two to tango. I don't think Shaq is 100% innocent in this situation, but I myself would like to see a deal get done. And now they said yesterday that things could get uglier because the Buccaneers might try and fight $2 million out of Shaq based on the position of the franchise tag eligibility. If you guys don't know, I guess a defensive end brings in $2 million more on the franchise tag than an outside linebacker was. Shaq is technically an outside linebacker, but he plays like a defensive end, barely dropping back in coverage. But when he did last year, he had an interception. It didn't look pretty, but it was an awesome interception in general. I personally love Shaq Barrett. I would love to see him here long term. I do hope we get a long term deal done. Big Buck, we'll start with you. What do you think about the situation, and would you like to see them lock up Shaq for a long-term deal? I say pay the man. That's that's my take on it. The guy had 19 and a half sacks last year, which is that leads the league. He also had six forced fumbles, which is third in the league. He balled out, 100%. He balled out, um, and uh, just to kind of put things in perspective i also brought up uh the three top paid linebackers in the uh nfl right now the third is bobby wagner who's uh on a three-year 54 million dollar contract and then you also have von miller of course on a six-year 114 million dollar contract and uh top paid of course is khalil mack with that absolutely massive six-year 141 million dollar contract yeah (laughs) that's a lot that's not pat mahomes money but that's that's a lot of cash there i think he really wants to be the top paid linebacker in the league um and i can't really blame him for having such a massive completely unexpected year last year um so if i had to put money on it i would say that next year we'll probably work something out with him i'm probably going to be looking at like a five-year 125 million dollar contract what about you sam yeah you know i'm pretty much in the same boat i think he should play out this year on the tag you know he wants to make the dn tag money we should just give him the defensive end tag money He's 100% worth it. And if he puts up even close to what he did last season, we should give him just a huge extension. Yeah, I don't disagree with what either you guys are saying. But the tricky thing is money will be tight for the Buccaneers next year. I mean, Chris Godwin will be emerging as a free agent right around the corner. Ronald Jones, if he has a big year, he'll already be in year number four next year. And we can't fifth-year option him because he wasn't a first-round pick. So, between Ronald Jones' contract coming up, Chris Godwin's contract coming up, Shaquille Barrett, Rob Gronkowski is on a one-year deal, Nadamik and Sue is currently on a one-year contract. The cap for Tampa can get ugly next offseason, and they might have to play favorites and pick and choose who they want on this team for not only 2021, but for the future after that. It's a, it's a, uh, it's a good problem to have, isn't it? Though All those names are all – all pretty much pro bowlers. So it's kind of like you have to pick your poison or along those lines. Um, and like Sam said, it really depends on how he plays in 2020. If he, he is even remotely close to what he did 
last year, I think he would be in line for a massive payday. Um, and it just really depends on also Todd Bowles as well. See what his input is, even if he even is a part of the conversation. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to see, uh, to see if we can get something done with him. I know he wants to stay here. He has a home here. And uh, we gave him a chance when the Broncos didn't. And he took it all the way to the house pretty much. So I'm excited. Yeah, and I still feel like he's pretty young and fresh too because in his years in Denver, he was pretty much behind Von Miller, DeMarcus Ware, and those type of players. So although he did play a little bit, he didn't really get used in his first four years with Denver. And thankfully for us, we got a veteran, a seasoned veteran Super Bowl champion with still fresh legs. And I I don't know, I think if he gets anything in double digits this year with JPP on the other side, I do think you give him his big money he wants and pay him. Yeah, I'm absolutely with you there. He got his chance to start here and he really, really shined. Yep, he took off, and with no regrets, Bucks fans would give him that minor contract all over again. So now he's on the franchise tag. He's going to be playing for the Bucks this year one way or another. That's if we get a season. As we know, the season looms with COVID on the horizon. Um, many people in March or April maybe thought it would be a non-issue for the NFL by the time the season started. Well, here we are. It's mid-July. We're Nearing a point where the Hall of Fame game should be only weeks away, fantasy drafts are starting to happen. Football is slowly approaching, and yet baseball hasn't even started. Basketball hasn't even concluded. NHL hasn't even concluded. Guys, we got a huge problem on our hands. Whether people think COVID is an issue or not, sports think it is an issue. We have a huge problem on our fans. But if we do get Buccaneers football this year, if Raymond James does open in some sort of capacity, if away stadiums open in some sort of capacity, Sam, would you go to football in 2020 given the COVID-19 pandemic? I think at this point, I would probably wait out at least like the first half of the season and see like if the outbreak gets worse from there. And if at that point, you know, things are starting to pick up and, you know, capacity is starting to increase, I'll probably go to a couple games. Yeah, I don't think that's a terrible idea. Um, Seeing how a few games go and letting other fans kind of be uh, test dummies, I guess, so to speak, not to throw those fans out in the woods. But, you know, it's always risky. You never know how this is going to go. And Big Buck, uh, would you attend games in Arizona or would you maybe potentially travel somewhere to see the Buccaneers play? I mean, I, I, given the opportunity, absolutely. You know, I would definitely go in and, um, it just really, really, really depends on, you know, the, the climate of, of everything, you know. Um, I know that um, Taiwan's baseball was the first uh, sport to open up during this pandemic, and they only allowed 1,000 fans in wow. their stadium, yeah, at a time. And there was a lot of precautions. You got to take your temperature. You got to wear a mask. Um, so it's, it's nothing out of the ordinary, which is weird to say for 2020. Um, but I would definitely go to a game for sure. Given the opportunity, I'll definitely risk it. I'll risk, I'll risk anything to watch Tampa Bay play. Yeah, I think I'm in your boat for sure. I was supposed to go to WrestleMania in Tampa in April with about eight of my buddies. We didn't get the chance to do that. So we were going to fly out to Tampa for Buccaneers or Vikings at Buccaneers in December, you know, in hopes of that it's late enough that there could be a lesser problem with COVID or whatnot. But nonetheless, if there's fans allowed, I think we're going to also go to that game. Hopefully Bucks Vikings. We haven't gotten tickets yet because – We're still unsure if we should wait to buy tickets, buy them now, yada, yada, yada. So we'll see what happens. I I, I mean, I can't knock anyone's take for not going to games this year, but me, myself, I probably would go to games this year. I'm sure you'll have to sign a flyer or a waiver of some sort that says, hey, the Buccaneers or yada, 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 et cetera, stadium is not responsible for – me getting COVID if I did come down with it. It'll be interesting to play out. As Big Bukowski said, 2020 has been crazy enough. So I don't know. And it's all different. Uh, Sam being in Orlando, I know it's a hot spot right now, so to speak. And 
Big Buck, Arizona. You guys are kind of in two hot spots right now. I mean, yeah, it's summertime, it's hot, and you have to wear those masks everywhere you go. Um, and I also wear glasses, too. So a lot of the time, my, my glasses end up fogging up and everything. But, I mean, at this point, I kind of feel like a harder veteran when it comes to 2020 crap. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm just I'm just taking it all in stride. I, I, I kind of got over the, the world's going to end type of deal. I just want football, man. Yeah, I kind of jumped the gun a couple months ago and got season tickets, not knowing how bad COVID was going to end up. So I'm just sitting here anxiously waiting. Yeah, I'm in your spot, but for a different sport. Um, two years ago, or last offseason, actually, I was going to get Buccaneers season tickets. They were extraordinarily cheap um, because we had the London games. So you were only paying for seven games last year plus the two preseason games, so nine games. I think for two seats in the 300 level would have been like 750 total bucks for season tickets, which is an incredible deal if you think about it. Nine games, 750 bucks. You could easily sell Buccaneers tickets even on a bad day for 70 bucks a pop. So I don't know why I didn't pull the trigger. Little old me waited till this offseason, and I settled for White Sox season tickets. And now like Sam, I have season tickets for the White Sox, and I don't know what's going to happen while I'm not even a White right. Sox fan. I bought those for profit, so I don't know. We're a little different there. You're probably trying to go to these games, and I'm just here with these White Sox tickets trying to sell them. Right. Well, I was planning on selling probably about half of them to try to break even. Oh, sure. Especially the, you know, they have back-to-back -back weeks against primetime opponents, so it's like why not sell one or two of those games and make big money back? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I bought um, two seats in the 300 sections, and they were still about like 750, 800, like with all the fees and everything added to it. Oh, wow. That ain't bad. This year, did you do that before Brady or after Brady? I did it like right when we got Brady. That, see, smart. that's smart. I'm sure <laughs> now that. Sat in the line for a couple hours online. It might be four digits now, I would imagine, if you try to get a package as such. Um, I don't know. One guy, we'll see if we could uh, go to games this year. It'll be interesting. One guy we might not see, even if we are able to go to games this year, would be our left tackle, Donovan Smith. He's had an up-and-down career. He was brought into the Bucks in 2015, I believe, from Penn State, and he got a big contract several years back. And some think that he's done a fine job living up to the contract. Others don't think so. Nonetheless, football play aside, Donovan came out with a statement yesterday, Friday. As I said before, it was a busy day for the Bucks and the media. Donovan came out with a statement saying pretty much that he doesn't feel comfortable in the workplace. He is a newborn on the way. He is parents. He's a brother, et cetera, et cetera. And that if the NFL is going to not give him more money for playing, he might not play this year. And honestly, I respect his opinion besides the fact that he threw in that money part because Donovan, let's be honest, my man, we love you, but you're probably getting overpaid right now as it is with $14 million yeah. plus be in your contract. So I don't know if the money thing is an issue for you, my man, but I totally agree. I totally support you that your family is important. I mean, I've been working through COVID, but it's totally different. I've never doubted anyone who at my company has felt uncomfortable and stayed home from work. I don't blame him for that. But at the same time, me, myself, I have worked every day since COVID has started. So I could see the players that want to play. I could see the players that don't want to play. I personally um, respect Donovan Smith's opinion. I have no problem with what he said. Do I agree with it? Maybe not, but that doesn't mean I can't respect it. And I think anyone, you know, being nasty to him should kind of lighten up a little bit and maybe see where right. he's coming from with the newborn on the way, especially big buck. What do you think? I mean, exactly what you said. Um, you got to respect the man's choice. He, he's looking out for his family. He's looking out for, um, you know, he has like, like you said, he has a newborn on the way. Um, and he's just, he, again, he's just looking out for himself. And, you know, if he chooses to completely skip the 2020 season, that's going to really hurt us um, because, yeah, he has had up and downs, but this guy also is on the field a lot. He uh, in 2018 he was the league leader in 
total snaps with I think like over a thousand snaps he played. Wow. The guy is like a yeah, he he he's always on the field. Um, but it's football, man. It's next man up, you know. So I think that um what Tampa Bay should probably do is uh we should probably move Tristan to left tackle. And then we should probably promote Joe Haig to right tackle. We just picked him up from the Colts. Um, he's not terrible. He has a bit of a problem with his ankle. But, um, yeah, I think that's the only move that we could make. Or we could probably pick somebody up in the free agency. There's a few of them out there that we could probably use for depth. But, uh, yeah, Sam, what do you think? I mean, yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat with you guys. Like, if he sits out, I mean, he's looking out for his family. He's got a kid on the way. I mean, he's got the right to sit out, like, if he doesn't feel comfortable with it. And, yeah, Smith, like, gets a lot of criticism from Bucks fans. People think he's overpaid. People think for what he gives to the team, he's making way too much. But, I mean, there's really not that many better options out there. Like, it's hard to get a decent left tackle in this league. Like, right now, the only option I'm really thinking of if he sits out is sign someone like Jason Peters. But at this point, Jason Peters approaching 40 years old. So who knows how good he's going to be for us and how much longer Peters would be able to stick around on the team. Right. The only viable upgrade at left tackle perhaps available this offseason, I think, would have been Trent Williams. But even him, he sat out the entire year last year, and we obviously know that he would have costed some draft capital on top of Donovan Smith and his big contract. So as Sam said, it would have been hard to adjust the left tackle position this offseason. But I do agree with Big Buck here. If there is um, trouble that – you know, exploits itself this upcoming season with Donovan Smith not playing. I do agree with moving Tristan Wirfs to left tackle. I think um, I had a similar thought when I was thinking to myself a week ago. And then maybe at right tackle, it would be an interesting battle between Joe Haig, the new offensive lineman veteran, or Josh Wells. We brought Josh Wells back because he's familiar with this team. And Mm. in this um, offseason, who knows what could happen. So I totally agree. I think if trouble is out there, I think that Wirfs should get the first crack at left tackle. He's a mauler. He was many people's first tackle of choice on the board in the draft. Somehow he he fell to us at 13th and he was a fourth tackle off the board. And then I think Hague and Wells could hold their own on that right side. So I agree with both you guys. And real quick, Devin White, 2,000-person party. Does that sound a little (laughs) out of range there? Or I don't know. Would you guys, not saying any of us are lucky enough to get that invite, but would you guys attend Devin White's party if uh, you did get that invite with 2,000 people? Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like hell, yeah, I would. I would be on. I would be on a plane. I would be going over there. I would be getting selfies. I'll be bragging on Twitter. I'll be doing all that stuff. Um, I might even find like a cool looking mask to wear. And uh, I, I'm yeah. I mean, it's, it's, that sounds like fun. That sounds like fun. Sam, you were gonna say something? Yeah, I'd probably go keep my distance, try to get a picture of Devin White, and get out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be something. I mean, I would like to see, nonetheless, I would like to see, you know, what this 2,000-person gathering looks like. And I read um that the city officials said that there's going to be no COVID guidelines and there's going to be, you know, nothing like that. So I'm sure there will be other Bucks players there, you know, um, whether they make it public or not that they're there, it's up to them. But I'm sure it would be a fun time. I'd probably go. I'd, I'd act, you know. Like Sam said, appropriate. I'd I'd try and distance myself. I'd have a good time. I'd hang out with Devin and the guys, and you know, hopefully that we could uh, we'd be able to talk football with one of these great young prominent defenders on the Bucks. But I don't know. We'll see if he pulls it off, just like anything else. Um, and speaking of Devin White, ah, a lot of people had a problem with his Madden overall. I don't know. I haven't quite and got to take a great look at these Madden roster grades. I just know from the beta that was released, they're not looking good. 
There's a lot of Bucks fans with complaints, and rightfully so. I mean, I heard ridiculous things as such that Rob Gronkowski was a 50-something overall, and I heard that other things like um, Chris Godwin is still only mid-80s overall. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I'm going to let you guys uh, steer this shit because you guys might know the Madden technicalities and ratings a little better than me. Big Bukowski, what did you see in those ratings, and did anything jump off the screen at you? Well, the the amount of disrespect that we get is is palpable. Like you always see, like Mike always end up being like on the bottom tier of some uh, fantasy rosters and everything, and it's like okay, whatever, fine. Um, but there's a few, like I think Antoine Winfield Jr. is a 61 overall. Like that is insulting. Even for a rookie, and he's a second round pick. I don't understand. Well, whereas they give Joe Burrow a 76 overall, which is fair. I, I actually like that overall, but it just seems like I I would not be surprised if the people at Madden, about the people at EA, were just like, you know what? Tampa Bay is just way too stacked. We're gonna have to level things out for gameplay purposes, so that way it's not just people <laughs> getting choosing Tampa Bay and then it's always a fight for who's going to get Tampa Bay and everything, which is so weird to talk about because nobody ever plays as Tampa Bay on Madden anymore, you know? And and yeah, it's, it's disrespectful, but you know, what? as I keep on saying to people, it's, you know, what we're going to prove, keep sleeping on us. We're going to prove you wrong. Yep. We're going to prove him wrong and people could keep sleeping. Sam, do you play Madden? And if so, what kind of stood out to you about these overalls is Big Buck said a 61 overall for a second round pick, Antoine Winfield, that many people had projected first round material. I just never seen that type of disrespect to a rookie. I think like a 71, 72 for Winfield would have been appropriate to start. And then if right, he like does for a second rounder, that's about the standard. Right. And they gave him a what, 61? I mean, what is that? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm not really taking too much stock into the ratings right now because it's still just like a beta. Like, I doubt, like, going into the season, Gronk's actually going to end up being a 50-something overall. But, I mean, like, if they were going to put the Bucks into the beta, they should have had the Bucks ratings finalized because I know it was, like, a limited team beta. Wow. And that, that kind of shows you is uh, we keep referring. We're not used to this Buccaneers stardom. The Bucks being a part of a limited team beta – it's kind of telling of the direction that they're heading in in terms of media, um, you know, media attention and the media coverage they get. So they were one of the teams to be available to play on the beta, but I'm sure with those no overall, with those overalls, not many people would play as him. As Big Buck said, maybe it's a tactic that EA thought of to get people not to use the Bucks. I don't know. You know, a lot of people are saying we're the Browns of last year, but I don't see it. So. Maybe EA has to even out the game and make it fair. Yeah, with the Browns comment, like, I've heard that argument so many times. And, and it's ridiculous. I'm just sick of hearing people compare Tom Brady to Baker Mayfield. There's just <laughs> mound, that. Is, thank you. That is the first of many mounds of wrongs with that argument. We have Tom Brady and Baker Mayfield. If you try and say that is similar – You don't belong on NFL Twitter. You don't belong anywhere near a Sunday ticket package. You don't belong near a TV on Sunday in general. And then you try and say Freddie Kitchens, Bruce Arians. There's a door, buddy, because you just earned yourself a walk out of here by putting those two in the same (laughs) sentence. Then you got the circus of wide receivers in that room with Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry when we have – Guys who are very under the radar, who keep their mouths shut. We got Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, two class acts. Our tight ends room is eons better than their tight ends room. Our defense is at least equivalent to their defense, if not better with talent than their defense. Big Buck, did you hear these comparisons? I mean, they're kind of laughable to Sam and myself. If I hear one more person say we're going to go 8-8, eight and eight, I just might flip a table. Um, yeah, these comparisons are just compl- – like, I just think they're just trolls. I think they're feeding off of – because the unfortunate thing is about Tom Brady is 
you get Tom Brady, but you get all the Tom Brady drama. You get all these people that hate Tom Brady, and then now we're at that focal point because of our quarterback. Um, but we're nowhere near Cleveland. Cleveland is so far beneath us, and they're they're I shouldn't say they're irrelevant, but I mean I don't see them winning their division in the next few years, do you? Nope. I mean, they have to deal with, first of all, Lamar Jackson is very young. That Ravens team is prominent. Now, as we mentioned, Joe Burrow may be riding the ship in Cincinnati. And Pittsburgh under Mike Tomlin will always be a competitive team. So I think Cleveland's going to have to be a backseat rider for years to come. Yeah, it's definitely not an easy division to win in. I mean, not not to say that ours is either. (laughs) Yeah, ours isn't either. But correct me if I'm wrong. Baker Mayfield, at the year's end, could easily be considered the worst quarterback in that division. Oh, easy. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, would anyone in the right mind pick him over Lamar Jackson? Would anyone in the right mind – if Joe Burrow has a great year, he'll be the new hyped-up young guy that everyone's going to love. So there's no chance people would pick Mayfield over him. And then, um, obviously, Big Ben's running out of time, but he's still producing, and I'd rather have him – if we're playing just for next year, I'd rather have Big Ben than Baker Mayfield. I I can agree with that. Yeah. How do you guys feel about that? Yeah, I'm with you there. I mean, I mean go, go on, ahead, Big Buck. You go on. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, we're comparing a future Hall of Famer to a kid who has a wide collection of, of headbands. <laughs> right. Uh, um, and, man, I don't know. I watch Baker Mayfield, and just nothing really comes out. Nothing, nothing really jumps out at me when I watch him play. He has one of the best receiving cores in the NFL. Like, you can't argue that. He has Jarvis Landry on one side, and he has uh, OBJ on the other. He also has a great group of tight ends, um, and he doesn't do anything with them. Right. You know, they should have had like a top five offense last year. Right. He just didn't, didn't produce. Didn't come close. He threw, what, 22 touchdowns, 21 interceptions? Yep. Yeah. And I don't, know right. if, I don't know if any of you thought he was a good fantasy or going to be a good fantasy guy, but as Sam just stated, those numbers made his year a disaster on the field and in fantasy. I mean, Mike Glenn could put up those numbers of that team. Oof. <laughs> the Glenn. The Glenn was um, a quarterback that – some people might forget about, but not us. <laughs> not us, because that guy at one point actually had a wee hope of potential, and then he went to Chicago after we drafted Jameis, and the true Mike Lennon showed. So I think Mike Evans really helped out Mike Lennon in his time in Tampa, and I think that showed as soon as Glennon left. And now I think he's a backup for the Raiders, if I'm not wrong. It's kind of amazing how Mike Glennon still stayed in the league because he was a backup on Arizona last year. So this guy keeps getting contract after contract somehow. What do you guys think about Mike Glennon getting all these opportunities to stay afloat in the NFL? I mean, Glennon's a decent backup. I mean, I don't think he's going to see any actual field time from this point on in his career, though. Right. I mean, one or two injuries later, you might see him, and it might be like, oh, look, it's Mike Glennon. Um, but, like, Tone said, it's the Mike Evans effect. Mike Evans has this ability to make any quarterback look good. Like, we saw it with Johnny Manziel. We saw it with uh, Josh McCown. We saw it with Mike Glennon. We saw it with Jameis. He makes anybody look good. And uh, I think Mike is just, Mike Lennon is uh, just kind of coasting on that right now. Yeah, I mean, all he has to do is show tape, and you know he, he immediately gets a he immediately gets a position. He's also tall, too, which also really helps. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't have said it better. And I think Mike Evans has made a lot of quarterbacks throughout the years, and. Well, hopefully the Bucks could add some veteranship with Mike Evans to the team, especially if Donovan Smith leaves. Many aren't sure what will happen to his money. Some think it'll still be held on the books. Some thinks it won't, depending on what the NFL 
and NFLPA agree upon. But if Donovan Smith's contract does come off the books and we do have some more money to spend, what is one position or free agent in general that you guys would like the Buccaneers to target? There's still some good free agents out there, and there's some um, depth positions the Buccaneers definitely need. Uh, Big Buck or Sam, actually, here, we'll start with you on this one. What do you think? I think specifically we should go for Tony Jefferson to try to add to our safety room on like at least a one-year deal. I know like a lot of Bucks fans are high on Winfield, but like he's still only a rookie. You can't put too much stock in a rookie. Mm. Then there's Justin Evans when Justin Evans has dealt with injury problems his entire Bucks career. Yep, yep, Justin Evans. I mean – He's just as big of a question mark as anybody coming into the team this year. I feel like he's one of those guys who might have played his last game as a Buck, sadly enough, because he did intercept Tom Brady in a Thursday night football game a few years back, and he did have a lot of potential. I certainly agree that Tony Jefferson would be a help, but me, myself, I would like to see them maybe go after, you know, a depth pass rusher to help out just in case something happens to JPP or Shaq Barrett. We're a little thin back there because we have uh, Anthony Nelson and the rookie from Temple. And after those two guys, we don't have much help back there. Big Buck, uh, what what would you like to see addressed this offseason? I was in I was in your camp right there. I, I have down. I would like us to see if we can get Clay Matthews on the mm-hmm. outside. Yeah, that'd be would, a great pickup. That would be an amazing pickup, especially if we can get him for dirt cheap, which I think we can. Um, we just have to dangle another Super Bowl potential in front of his face and he might actually get on board. Um, uh, he, he actually had a really good year last year, despite being so, you know, I mean, football old. Right. Um, yeah. And, but another position that I would like us to see if we can probably add a little competition to is I'm not sure if you guys are very comfortable with Matt Gay at all. Um, yeah. (laughs) So, uh, the Patriots kicker, uh, Gostowski, Gostowski. I was, I always have a hard time pronouncing that. If we can bring him in for dirt cheap as well and just have a little competition, like a real competition, not a competition between, uh, Roberto Aguayo and, 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 and Foles or Folk. Um, cause that was, that was a, a mess, but I think we should probably bring in a, a kicker. And then I also think we should probably upgrade, uh, or just have some depth and leadership in Clay Matthews. Yeah. Sam, would you like to see competition brought in for Mac? A? I don't think I would mind it because we've been burnt by the kicker far too often to not have a solidified kicker. I mean, we've brought in fry this off season, but I don't think that guy's a legit threat to Mac A. I think Gostowski would be much more competition. I mean, yeah, I'd love to see us bring in someone like Gostowski. I mean, competition, you can never have too much competition. Competition always pushes players to be better. Yeah, it pushes players to be better for sure. And how many games did he cost us, Mac A, last year? I, I, two or three off the top of my head. Yeah, the, the Giants game. game. <laughs> you guys said yeah. that, that sums it up perfect right there. I would have listed a different one. I would have said the Seattle game because he missed a kick to, you know, cause overtime. So there you go. There's three right off the bat for people listening <laughs> out there. I don't know. I, I don't mind Matt Gay, but I personally would like to see competition such as Gustowski brought in. I think he'll get a lot better this year if we bring in some competition and he still makes the roster. I mean, he was still a rookie last season, too, so we have to take that into account. Yep, and if he doesn't pan out, we might never draft a kicker again um, because, well, Roberto Aguayo, second-round pick, Matt Gay, fifth-round pick. If we waste in a three-year span a second-round pick and a fifth-round pick on a kicker, that would not be a good look. Light's going to pull the trigger on a first-round kicker. Don't say that because <laughs> I, I will believe that because of the freaking Roberto Aguayo situation. But I don't think – I think Bruce would kill him if he wasted a first-rounder on uh, – uh, who who actually did that? I think it was the Raiders. Sebastian yeah, Janikowski. Janikowski. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's the I only first-round kicker I can think of. Ever. <laughs> yeah, I can't even – I don't – like, even all the Hall of Fame kickers, like Jan Stunnerud, Adam Venateri one day, people like that, they're not first-round picks. I mean, kickers, don't get me wrong, a very important part of the team, but you could just about try and find a good one anywhere. Yeah. Right, yeah, like you see kickers going in the late rounds. A lot of good kickers go undrafted, too. Yeah, a lot I of good Venetieri kickers. I think Venetieri was a seventh rounder. Yeah, I think I think Venetieri was a seventh rounder. And then I think, um, was Gustowski even drafted, or was he an undrafted guy brought in by New England when he replaced him? I think he was undrafted. So there you go, and look at that. New England has had, what, two kickers for the reign <laughs> of their six Super Bowls? How nice would that be? Just to put in uh, speculation mode here, if we had a competent kicker over the last couple years and been to a playoff game, do you still think we would keep Jameis or kept Jameis? Well, hmm, hmm. the trickiest thing about Jameis to me is I literally feel like it was – Oh, Tom Brady or Jameis Winston, and you can't, like, people are mad and stuff, and I get that, but if you have the opportunity to bring in the best player of all time of the National Football League at any age, you you can't really doubt an organization for doing that. And as people could, I mean, you're not going to be able to see this video, but as people could see, or at least as you two could see, I have a Jameis Winston jersey hanging, so I don't hate the guy, but how can you hate on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for moving in that direction? And to answer your question, I don't know, because would the Buccaneers, you know, still see Tom Brady as that big of an improvement if Jameis was able to win a playoff game? I think so. I think so, because Bruce Arians, he's no young guy. We all know he's not going to last forever, so... I think Bruce would have pulled the trigger on TB12 still. Yeah, I think if it would have came down to Jameis and any other quarterback, we would have kept Jameis. Just you can't pass up getting Tom Brady. It's Tom Brady. <laughs> Come on now. It's it's Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr., okay? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like – I think you just spelled goat in a really long, outstretched manner. But in other words, you just spelled out the word goat. Greatest Tom, of all time. Like, think about it. Think about it. We will be seeing the greatest football player ever in a Tampa Bay Buccaneers uniform. And I don't want to hear Father Time's catching up to him, blah, blah, blah. Ugh. I know, I know, I know the Denver Broncos won that Super Bowl based off of defense, okay? And I'm not comparing Brock Osweiler to Jameis Winston because Jameis Winston is miles and miles and miles ahead better than <laughs> Brock Osweiler. Don't get me wrong. But the the Denver Broncos do not win that Super Bowl without Peyton Manning. And I know you could pull up his numbers. I know they were terrible. But in the playoffs, that veteran leadership put them above their opponents. Yeah, a lot of people just look at the numbers and don't take in like the locker room presence into account. Exactly. Like that's Tom a Brady. Deal. Yeah, Tom Brady makes anybody better immediately. And if he can't make you better, then you're gone. You're done. You're not on the team. He has that much of an influence on on that team. So I I definitely think that we are going to see a new era in Tampa Bay that is it's just going to take off and we're going to have even more bandwagoners. And it'll be interesting to see Shaq Barrett's perspective because he won a Super Bowl with the aging Peyton Manning, and now he's going to try and do it again with the aging Tom Brady. He got to play with potentially the two best quarterbacks of the top five ever on their last legs. So that'll be fun to see. I think it'll motivate Shaq to stick around because he's seen what Peyton Manning brought to the Broncos. He knows what Tom Brady will bring to the Buccaneers, and that's no knock on Jameis Winston. He was a great athlete. He had great memories in the five years here. He had great plays last year. But it's always going to be his decision-making that 
lead them into the wrong um, direction. And let's hope, I mean, I hope Jameis does come out of this year and I hope he leaves our division because I don't want to see him in the NFC South, but I hope Jameis Winston does have a successful NFL career. I do not wish him any wrongdoings. I would root for him if he wasn't on the Saints, but he's on the Saints and I just can't get myself to, you know, get on support of anyone in a black and gold uniform. Yeah, I'm with you there. Hopefully he'll end up going somewhere and flourishing in the AFC out of our division. Away from us. Far, (laughs) far away. (laughs) I mean, I personally, I think it would be fun if one day, you know, the Buccaneers made a, I mean, this is a big leap, but say a Buccaneers versus AFC insert team name here against Jameis Winston in the Super Bowl or something like that. That would be incredible. So I do hope he has a successful career as he was a top three quarterback, if not top two in Buccaneers franchise history to this point. I would even argue that he might be even top two. I can't. The only other quarterback that would even come close to Jameis would probably – be Testaverde or or Doug Williams too. Yeah. Doug Williams. Also, I forgot about him. Um, Maybe if we would have kept a couple guys like Steve Young, there would have been more opportunities for conversation about our quarterbacks. Or imagine if Bo Jackson actually played for us after we drafted him. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe, um, maybe people would want to come and play with Bo in Tampa Bay area, but Nonetheless, we do have Tom Brady now. I think we're all in the same boat. We wish you the best, Jameis, and we look forward to hopefully watching you play for someone outside the NFC South for many, many years to come, and I don't wish you anything bad. You had many great times here, and as Big Buckowski, Sam, and myself said, you may have been one of the best quarterbacks in Buccaneers history, so hats off to you, and with that, Comes our closing segment. It's a new segment. We're going to try something a little different. It's called Red or Pewter. I'm going to list three questions, one, two, three, and we're all going to give our opinions. Red means we disagree. Pewter means we agree. So we're going to give a question, and Big Buck will say Red or Pewter, and then Sam will say Red or Pewter, and they will talk about why they chose Red to disagree or Pewter to agree. And then I will give my answer myself. So, gentlemen, are we ready for hopefully one day America's favorite talk game, Red or Pewter? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, let's get it cracking. Red or Pewter, here we go. Question number one. The NFL will complete the 2020 season in whole. Red or Pewter? I'll go first. I'll say Pewter on that. I'm, but I'm a natural optimist, though. It's that's just the kind of person I am. Um, but I am also, I'm trying to keep politics out of this. Uh, but I'm also a firm believer that COVID will go away after November fourth, right? Which is election day. And um, I'm also seeing like a lot of, a lot of talk. Um, Adam Schaefer, uh, a day ago and announced that the Jaguars are in compliance with the local authorities and they're, uh, they're going to seat approximately about 25% of their capacity, which is about on par with what they actually do anyway. Um, so yeah, I definitely think that it'll be tough. It'll be awkward at first, but eventually we'll get into the normal the normalcy of everything and we'll finish off a season with a playoff and a Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm going to go pewter. I mean, none of us can see into the future. We don't know what's going to happen with COVID, but I think if it comes down to it, the NFL is going to finish without fans. Ah, yeah. yeah. I could see that as a possibility. I mean, I know they've already made rules of perhaps blocking off lower levels for fans. So they might just be forced to upper levels to begin with. I think that's a great point, Sam. And Big Buck made some good points too. I hate to go three for three and agree, but I'm going pewter as well. I'm not going to have any um, Skip Bayless, Stephen A. antics right now. But, (laughs) you know, the thing with the NFL is, and I think, um, you know, bringing up Jacksonville was a great point because 
I don't know if you guys know this, but Jacksonville Jaguars owner, Shad Khan, um, he owns AEW, All Elite Wrestling, which is a wrestling program that shows on Wednesdays on TNT every Wednesday. And you'll be able to listen to us every Wednesday as well. But TNT every Wednesday, AEW, they have kept going throughout this whole pandemic. You know, Roger Goodell has kept going throughout this whole pandemic with off-season training camps, even though they're virtual. He had the NFL draft. He had free agency. And everybody's been telling him he can't do it. So those two guys, among all their owners in the NFL, are going to power through this thing, I believe. I mean, it's the NFL. They never stop. They haven't stopped for anything. I'm going pewter as well to me. If you're going to start a season, you're going to have to finish it. Especially this ain't the XFL. Yeah, this ain't the XFL. This ain't the XFL. You don't just fold. Um, but to be fair, the XFL had no choice, I feel like, because COVID, every, COVID ruined every sport, sadly, right, wrong, or indifferent. So uh, the XFL was actually the last, the last sport to um, hang up their cleats in May. They said, yeah, um, we're not going to come back. But they're also the first sport to not finish one of their seasons. So yeah, I don't know. It's kind of hard to survive in the COVID landscape when you're playing your inaugural season. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 a bit of that's a bummer, man. Like, I think that was yeah. I think they probably wouldn't have folded if it would have been like three or four seasons in. They were doing good already, but you know, it just sucks to see. And I mean, I have heard rumors that Vince McMahon is going to try and get it going again. As we know too, he owns the WWE and. They've powered through the COVID pandemic as well, and they've made some pay cuts to top employees. But I think I think that we will get a full season because um, the NFL will finish in full. But the XFL just had bad luck, and I personally enjoyed watching the XFL. So we'll see if the NFL could um, right the ship and finish the season, be the first season in 2020 to start and finish a normal season in whole. That'll be cool to see. And that, with that being said, question two for Rudder Pewter. Tom Brady will throw for more than 28 touchdowns this upcoming season. I think this is an easy one. I'm going Pewter. I mean, the weapons we have, I think any quarterback would throw for 28 touchdowns. But I'm seeing a lot of hate on Tom Brady on my Twitter timeline. I'm seeing a lot of people that say he won't throw for more than 25 touchdowns. But with guys like Gronk, O.J. Howard, Cam Bray, Mike Evans, Ronald Jones, Chris Godwin, a rookie Tyler Johnson, second-year player Scotty Miller, how is this guy not going to throw for 28 touchdowns? Injury and COVID permitting, I think this guy gets it in his sleep. Sam, what do you think? I went with Pewter. Do you think Red or Pewter for Brady getting 28 touchdowns? Oh, yeah, I'm absolutely going pewter here. I mean, this is one of Brady's best receiving cores since he had Randy Moss. He's going to put up big numbers. It doesn't matter that he's 42 years old. He's Tom Brady. He's going to deliver. Yeah, yeah. And um, coming out of Randy Moss's mouth himself, he said that Mike Evans is the next Randy Moss. Randy Moss said that himself. So we're playing with the modern day Randy Moss. You know, he's getting to play with old school Moss, now new school Moss. I think that's a great point. It is his best weapon since Randy Moss. And outside of Randy Moss and Wes Welker that year, his weapons didn't go all too deep. So I think in terms of depth, these might be his best weapons ever. Big Bukowski, you go in red or pewter for over 28 uh, I hate to go pewter. Because we've been all kind of in agreeance. Um, but I'm going to go pewter anyway. Uh, Tom Brady's stats last year were not good for Tom Brady, but they were good for any other quarterback ever. So he was right. fourth in attempts with 613 attempts. He had 4,000 yards passing last year with about 24 passing touchdowns with only eight interceptions with what receiving core he had nobody to throw to other than Julian Elliman. And then, like you said, we have arguably the best receiving core in the NFL. And then he has all of these toys to play with. I think a better question might be how could he not throw for at least 28 touchdowns? And we could even, 
I mean, if this is younger Tom Brady, I think he would replicate his uh, 02 season with uh, with what? How many touchdowns was that? 50, 50 some odd touchdowns. I think crazy. Yeah, yeah. He had one year it was fifty two or fifty three, I wanna say, touchdowns when Randy Moss was there. I mean Randy Moss himself I think had around twenty. So that was incredible. And I remember if you had Moss and uh Brady that year in fantasy, you were winning just about every week. So We'll see if uh, people, you know, draft Tom Brady and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. I mean, the hard thing with fantasy is going to be who are you going to play with all these targets here? Are you going to be able to rely on a big game? We've seen last year Godwin and Evans switched off as it was for big games. So this year throwing Rob Gronkowski into the mix, I don't know how it'll play out, but I do think Brady himself annihilates 28 touchdowns if he plays all 16 games. COVID injury permitting, as we've said. And that brings us to question number three. It's been pewter, pewter, pewter across the board so far. Let's see if that changes here. And I don't think it will. <laughs> um, Bucks will make the playoffs in 2020, red or pewter? <sighs> pewter. <laughs> come on now. Like, you got to come up with, with uh, stronger questions. I, <laughs> but. I, Hey, there are doubters out there. There are doubters. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're Bucks fans, especially. There's a handful of Bucks fans that don't think they're going to make it this year. It's mostly Jameis stands, though. Yeah, they they really were butthurt about us not uh, renewing Jameis's contract. Um, but I with an extra seventh seed, it would be hard not to make the playoffs with the kind of, again – COVID injury not involved in any way, shape, or form. I think we might go 11 and five, maybe 10 and six, and that's more than enough to um, get into the playoffs. I've seen teams seven, seven and nine make the playoffs off of a crap uh, division, and that's that was the uh, Seahawks back in the day when the uh, NFC uh, West was just complete garbage. Um, but, yeah, Sam, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going pewter here, too. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if we'll, we probably won't win the division. But I think we're going to at least get a wild card spot and we'll finish somewhere between 10 and 6 and 12 and 4. Right. Yeah, and that would be great. And, I mean, we haven't made the playoffs since um, 2007. And the last winning season we had was – couple years back in a nine and seven season but our last double digit win season was 2010 we went 10 and six missed the playoffs still and a 10 and six Packers team won the Super Bowl this year so I think both of you make great points on different fronts big Bukowski that seventh um that seventh team is huge making the playoffs and Sam, I, I do agree with you, and I think it's going to be hard to not imagine the Bucks in the playoffs, whether they're 10 and 6 at a wild card or 12 and 4 winning the division. Worst case scenario, I think, you know, we get the seventh seed, and that's the absolute worst case scenario. That's if Atlanta comes out guns blazing. That's if Teddy Bridgewater has a good year, and that makes their division a little tougher. But to be honest, I think 12 and 4 with either the first wild card or being competitive for the division. I'm going pewter. We're going pewter across the board. Nine for nine in our debut, Rudder Pewters. Big Buck was right. Maybe uh, I should have came up with a better question three on that one. Get some more controversial questions next week. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Big Buck, what do you think? More uh, interesting controversy questions next week or what? As long as we keep it civil. I mean, but civil doesn't. I mean, I don't know. We'll we'll see. We'll see what kind of what kind of beast awakens <laughs> if it comes that if it gets that way. But we'll we'll keep it civil. I promise. We'll always keep it civil. At least amongst us three, our listeners might not agree with us, but we're still going to keep it civil for y'all. So one way or another, um, I, I've had a hell of a time talking for just about an hour now. It's been a lot of fun and. It's just one of those things where you could talk all day and not even notice it when you're talking about something you love about the Buccaneers. So I think that the three Bucketeers have a big future in front of us. You could find us on Spotify. You'll be able to find us on Apple Podcasts. You'll be able to find us on Google Play 
Anchor and a number of other outlets. It was a lot of fun. Um, the people can all follow us on Twitter as well as we're three people. You can follow me on Tricky Tones, BGTE. Big Buck, where can the fans follow you? You can find me at my Twitter, which is Bukowski1. That is B-U-C-C-O-W-S-K-I-1. Find me on my Twitter. You? you can find me on my Twitter at Playoff Markel. Future NBA MVP Markel Fultz. See, I misread that. I thought it said mackerel. And I, <laughs> yeah, I always, I thought it said Merkel. So you know, all all I I misread that, but that's a that's a clever one. I kind of stopped um naming my Twitter handle after players when the Buccaneers signed Carl Nix. I changed my um Twitter handle to Big Nix Fan seventy seven, oh. and two things a people thought it meant new york knicks even though there was no k in there so it meant knicks is in carl knicks and b carl knicks was sadly one of our biggest waste of money after he caught mercy so i i had to stop doing it playoff um markel that is a cool name though and we'll, we'll see markel fultz very soon in disney world playing in front of his home crowd in orlando now so Once again, you'll be able to find us on Twitter as well. Twitter handle to come next episode. This will be able to be seen on our Twitter. We'll have one by the time Wednesday hits by the show's release. From Big Buckowski, from Sam, and from Tones myself, I had an incredible time. We all had fun. Thanks so much for listening. Until next episode, peace out. The three Buccaneers will be back at you with more action soon.